What's going on, lads? Welcome to another installment of Man Talk on the Positive Masculinity Podcast. We cover topics ranging from mental health, fitness, diet, nutrition, and sleep, all the way through to relationships, emotions, networking, mateships, and goal setting. Traditional masculinity is one of the most powerful, beneficial, and valuable forces there is on the face of the earth, and it is being completely misrepresented and destroyed in today's society. So, it is my mission to bring masculinity back into our world to improve the lives of men, women, and society as a whole. Now, I have some super, super exciting news. I've recently launched a brand new network called The Men's Inner Circle, where once a week, every Wednesday morning, we jump on a video call and we discuss everything ranging from mental health, physical health, finances, nutrition, and sleep, through to relationships, networking, emotions, goal setting, and accountability. So, if this powerful network is something you want to be a part of, you can click the link in the show description or jump onto www.bettermindsbody.com.au forward slash the men's inner circle. With that being said, let's dive into today's installment of Man Talk. Hey lads, we've got an epic guest on the show today. His name is Tim Ty. He is a serial entrepreneur and he has got a lot of incredible stuff to share with us guys. So Tim, thanks for coming on, dude. Do you want to just give us an intro on yourself, man? Wow. Okay. Big question. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me, Nick. And uh, I live in Edmonton, Alberta, right here in Canada. And so I'm, and I don't know where, like, where everybody is dialing in from. I'm pretty sure you've got a global audience. I, um, well, I guess... What do I do these days? I mean, I focus a lot on my personal development. And uh, as we were chatting earlier, I mean, I really look at, I really break down uh, my life into five different main pillars. And those are all very much wellness driven. And I call it the total wellness approach. And so, you know, I do what I, what it takes to take care of my physical health, my mental health, um, emotional health, and uh, financial wealth. And I think I'm missing something here. <laughs> <laughs> Financial, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. There we go. That's your five right there. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think on some level, I mean, some people in North America, they've heard of me. And I think my claim to fame is the fact that I, I retired myself at the age of 30. And uh, I'm a real estate investor. And I train other people how to invest in real estate amongst other uh, generating other sources of income as sources of income because yeah. um, we do run a, a financial education academy these days as well. Definitely. So a bit of a serial entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur and yeah. uh, things have gone up and downs, but so far overall good. <laughs> oh, that, and that's that's the thing about entrepreneurship is it's, it's up and down. There's never this stagnant line, and that's I guess the exciting part. But before we dive into that, dude, just a quick question that we ask everyone. What does a valuable man mean to you if it was, whether it comes down to the way that you carry yourself, how you deal with others, what does being a valuable man mean to you? Yeah. I mean, a few words came to mind right now as soon as, as, soon as you asked that. The word integrity, yeah. value, kind, courageous, abundant, yeah. those are probably the qualities that would, yeah, yeah. that it would sum yeah. up for me. Yeah, awesome, man. That's pretty much in congruency with what everyone else says. So yeah, that's that's good to hear. So as you said, you're a serial entrepreneur. I think that guys either have the mindset or they don't. Obviously, people can uh, chase ambitions and whatnot, but I think you're either wired to be an entrepreneur or you're not. What has that been like for you, the journey, the lessons? Just tell me everything about that, man, because you've obviously done pretty well for yourself. Well, 
I mean, I, I think these days I, I will say that um, at the same time, though, I mean, it's, it's not always easy. I think a lot of people, you know, especially I'm going to talk to parents, for example, when they have young kids or little kids or grown up kids, whatever it is, you know, they forget what we always say. The days are long, but the years are short. And so, you know, people tend to forget about the hustle and the grind on a daily basis and they just see the results at the end. Right. And so these days, I mean, I've been, I guess, investing and doing business since about 2004 at this point. So almost 20 years now. Yeah. And um, have some pretty big ups and amazing ups and some really low lows and, uh, you know, came out okay. And a lot of lessons there. But for me, really, is kind of like, you know, I was sharing with you. Uh, during our pre-chat there, I've had three heart attacks in my life and uh, I still live with six autoimmune disorders and it's not very common and I haven't, I've yet to meet another person like me, to be honest. However, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what that's really, really taught me was really opening up my eyes and my mind to the different possibilities in life because I think at yeah. a very young age, I really learned how fragile life could be. Yeah. And so I'm actually an immigrant here in Canada as well. I wasn't born and raised here. I was born and raised in Asia, so mm-hmm. in Taiwan. So a lot closer to Australia. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so, you know, I had my first heart attack when I was 18, the second one when yeah. I was 19. And yeah, it was it was shocking. It was shocking to me. It was shocking to a lot of people. It's not like I was out of shape or anything. Mm-hmm. However, it was it was just genetic. And you never know that, you know, the kind of cards that you're dealt. However, you know, like most Asian Chinese mindset, I was literally just brought up to think, you know, go to school, get good grades so that, you know, you can go to better schools and get good grades and get a nice degree so you can come out, get a decent job and climb the corporate ladder, get promotions, get get raises, buy the car, buy the house, build a family. That's about it. And, Mm. you know, tuck some money away. And if you have extra, maybe just buy more investments. And so I kind of followed that path for a little bit, even though I had some health challenges. But then, you know, mindset is one of those things where I think something or someone really has to slap you in the face hard for you to see it. Yeah. And for me, that was actually a combination of two things. And the first one was actually... Uh, working about 80 hours on my job. And I think a lot of people, you know, if they're climbing the corporate ladder, they can actually relate to that. I mean, I was doing pretty well in my 20s. I was making a healthy six-figure income. And so to a lot of my friends and even my relatives and my parents, I was doing well by all definitions. You know, mm-hmm. a good condo and nice Mercedes and six-figure income, good title, people reporting to me. But what they don't see is the fact that it was actually slowly killing me physically and mentally like it made me forget who i was meant to be but because of some of my some of my natural health challenges my health was going super fast and so you know it triggered a third heart attack in 2011 but then really right before that because of climbing the corporate ladder and i mean i think i'm a big older than you are (laughs) so (laughs) i don't know if you remember what what were you doing during like 08 09 during the global financial crisis period oh man i would have been in grade one or two i was doing my time table oh my goodness (laughs) wow okay okay yeah so i mean i was already working right and so again working pulling that kind of hours you know decent paycheck however you just never feel like you're getting ahead and so when global financial crisis happened 
I decided, okay, you know what? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that everything that I was taught to do was not going well. So again, contributing to your pension, buying yeah. company stocks, saving monies. And uh, we have something called a registered retirement funds. And I forgot what it's called there now. Super. In Australia. Something like that, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, funny enough, because in 2016, I was able to go and teach financial education in Perth and Brisbane and in Auckland. So... <laughs> Like everything that I'm doing now, um, but I'm just, I just got such a passion for it because of my own personal background. And so yeah. again, at this point, I pulled all my money out and put it into a property investment deal. And it's one of those things that people call syndication, right? So syndication is basically just people grouping all of all everybody's money together. So they'll find a hundred, a thousand uh, different investors and people will come in with 30 grand, 50 grand, a hundred thousand, a million dollars, whatever it is, they just pool the funds together. And uh, this was at the end of 2009, which is pretty much the end of global financial crisis. And I thought I got a good referral from a coworker of mine. And I put all my last hard earned dollar that I pulled out of everything else and put into property invest investing. And I thought it was the smart thing to do. And then within about a month time, I got a letter from a law firm saying, Actually, the developer took everybody's money and ran. So do you want to join the civil lawsuit now? So that was not good. Like it was devastating. Yeah. It's not yeah. good. And so, yeah. So I decided to go through this meeting, trying to figure out, you know, what the heck I'm going to do with my money now, or what can they do for yeah. my money and for me? And then very quickly when i walked into that boardroom and that that's like that's a scene it's you know like people talk about core memories these days yeah and that is definitely one of my core memories <laughs> because i walked into that room that year at this point i was about a week from turning 28. so i was 27 years old i walked into this room and it is like can you imagine just picture this people in that room they're probably all in their 60s or 70s, or 80s even. Yeah. And here I am going, <laughs> I have no business being here. But yeah. then I am literally witnessing. So I don't know if you still have grandparents around. Yeah, yeah. It, so if you do, so picture this, about a 100 of them bang on the tables, crying, screaming at each other, on the floor, rolling around, and howling, and saying things like, that was my entire life's work. How am I going to put food on the table? I'm going to have to go back to work now. And oh, wow. it's like watching 80-year-olds turn into five-year-olds, throwing temper tantrums, and yet you feel that pain. Yeah. Like you hear that pain and you see that. And when I walked away from that meeting, I just decided that I am, you know, I'm still young. I can make it back. And I'm not going to be a part of that lawsuit. Hopefully that leaves more for other people potentially. And it just, it just burned into my mind. And so I was still searching at this point. I was still searching because part of me just felt like I was not meant to be this person mm -hmm. working nine to five. In fact, you know, like I said, 80 hours a week, it was not nine to five at all. Yeah. It was like, it was usually 6am all the way till about midnight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and then, yeah. And then, you know, and then I got into taking some courses in uh, real estate investing. I mean, we call it real estate here. You guys call it property investing, right? Yeah. Same thing. 
Yeah, exactly. So, and yeah, and so, you know, that's, that's sort of, you know, the beginning of sort of the, the turning point. But then again, if people are actually piecing the timeline together, this was 2010. And like I said, I actually got my third heart attack in 2011. And so, cause you know, you mentioned this earlier, the mindset, the mindset is hard to shift because mm. even though I invested 50 large back then, this was like, again, 2010 and $50,000 was a lot of money, especially for someone who just lost this life saving yeah. and life savings. And I had to take out loans to, to do the training, but then I just believed that I didn't know what I didn't know. And, you mm. know, and that, that scene in that boardroom kept playing in my head over and over again. Like, how do I protect my own money? And how do I grow my own money so that nobody can ever do this to me again? Mm. And so that's really, you know, sort of the turning point. However, again, it took a third heart attack for me to really open up my mind and go, okay, this is never going to end if I don't make a change. And I always felt that, you know, working for somebody else was never my destiny. And so, you know, even during this time, and I think, you know, I sort of did it to myself looking back, to be honest, in addition to climbing the corporate ladder and putting in 80 hours a week, I was always looking for different business opportunities. So, you know, I've built, I've, I've started, you know, online marketing uh, agencies, even back in 2010, because my background was on search engine marketing and search engine optimization before yeah. it really became super popular. Yeah. And uh, event planning, event decorating, did a lot of that. And it just... I was always trading hours for dollars. Mm. And then it hit me that I need to stop doing that because there's only 24 hours a day and there's only one me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when really investing became such a crucial focal point and that changed the rest of my life financially and, and health-wise. Mm. Yeah, 100%. That's an incredible story. Yeah, and yeah that that's so Thanks. cool. And in terms of the, so much to unpack, but starting with your entrepreneurial journey, you made a good point that, there's always really, really big highs, but there's equally low lows. And for you, from where you started to where you are now, how important has it been to embrace both levels of that tangent, the highs and the lows, and enjoy every part of the journey? Yeah. I mean, again, it's it's how you make of everything. And I think these days, like one of the quotes that I really, really love is, I'm sure you've heard of this as well, is I either win or I learn. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as long as you don't see it as failure. And I mean, I have like 10 quotes, like printed out on my wall right here in my office. And, you know, whenever I feel a little down, I'll just kind of look around and just, you know, kind of see what I, what I need to grab from it. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, the highs are obviously amazing. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, coming, coming out of the lows is really what most of us need because, you know, some, a lot of people will, will look at me because I'm blessed enough these days that I, you know, I get to do interviews like this around the globe with people like you. And uh, I also get to go on stages anywhere between, you know, 50 people to, I just spoke at a stage of 3000 people last month okay. and, and just people naturally see that, wow, like you've done so much, you've done so well. Mm. However, we always say, you know, most people will see the public successes, but not the private sacrifices. And yeah. so I like to talk about the sacrifices a lot too, and let, letting people know that it's not always rainbows and butterflies. However, if you've got the right guidance, the right support, I have multiple mentors in my entire life so far in my career. And I, I very consciously pick and choose my circles these days, you know, my friends and my business partners, 
because every single person, they either add to your journey or they take something away from it. And so I've made very conscious decisions over the last decade, especially to keep the people that really matter, that you can grow together and evolve together. Because, you know, there was my, one of my um, biggest challenges was this was, you know what, the same year that I was last in Australia was 2016 when Brexit vote happened. And end of that year, I was actually on a trip to Italy. And halfway through the trip, I got a call and it was from a lawyer and um, not even one of my lawyers, it's just a lawyer. And uh, one of my business partners had uh, declared bankruptcy without even, even telling me. And so what that really meant was overnight, I lost a million dollars cash gone. And then I had to debt service that for the next 28 months while we got into a lawsuit. Far out. And yeah. And so, I mean, you know, to some of the bigger entrepreneurs, I mean, losing a million dollars overnight is nothing. At the same time, though, at that point in my career, that was a big fucking deal. Yeah. And it was really stressful. And so, you know, coming out of that, because, you know, when I first got started in this journey, and this is also why these days, I mean, in Australia, do you guys have shows like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank? Are you familiar with those? Yeah. I don't know if we got any in Australia, but yeah, I'm familiar with them. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is also why I just have such a soft spot for young entrepreneurs myself these days. I'm in my forties now. And so when I first started, like I said, you know, I was 28 years old when I enrolled into the training and then started investing basically by the time I was 30 years old. But then within the first, within the first six months, I was able to create financial freedom for myself. And then, you know, over the last 13 years, I just realized that, you know, financial freedom is not a buzzword. It's not a marketing phrase. It's, you know, when you know how to define it properly, you can actually set very clear goals and get the tools and strategies that mm-hmm. you need to get there. Yeah. And like I said, you know, I've had a lot of mentors and coaches in my life, but going back to all of this, it's, it was just the fact that, you know, a without mentors, I would not have survived that. And, you know, it actually made me doubt whether or not this was the right path for me at that point. Mm-hmm. I was even thinking about, oh man, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I should yeah. go back and get another nine to five. And then I started thinking about everything that, you know, corporate was putting me through. I mean, again, I made the decision, you know, to join corporate and, it, you know, I just re- realized that I didn't want to make another decision to go back into the hellhole. Yeah. And so, and again, leveraging all the training that I had and all the mentorship that I've received I would be stupid to not continue on my journey. And there's all, and there's also the other side of all of this is, you know, you're entrepreneurial. So you've heard, you know, some of the big names and they, when they share their life story, they're like, you know what, if I lose everything tomorrow, I can build it back twice as fast. Right. And so for me, that literally happened Yeah, because once I got over my anger and my self doubt, by the time 2017 rolled around, and this is also one of the main reasons why, you know, my portfolio in real estate is coast to coast in Canada and in the US and then into the UK, because I've had to learn to pivot and also basically stretch myself. Because, you know, in 2016, it was really, really horrible to get back into the US market. So I actually pulled off, held off on that. And then that's when, you know, the opportunity of going to the UK presented itself. Yeah. 
And so, again, I think going back to what we were saying is it's not always rainbows and butterflies. However, if you learn how to ride the wave and take lessons from everything mm. and, you know, when you look back, a lot of things is blessing in disguise yeah. because, you know, expanding across the pond into the UK was something that I never even thought about or even in, in all honesty dreamt of when I first started getting trained as a professional yeah. investor because, you know, nobody really think about going into that many different territories because you know you see walmart's doing that tesla's doing that amazon's doing that but not as a small scale investor yeah yeah 100 and then that, yeah. that's such a good point it's just if you can work out the lesson you can take from everything well then you're always going to add value and just back to one of your points about everything not being butterflies and rainbows i think that's probably why a lot of people fail is because they see people like yourself they see entrepreneurs they see the successes they expect that it's going to be relatively easy to get there. And then when they start trying and they realize, fuck, here's a challenge, here's a challenge, it's not as hard as I thought it was, then yeah, they're not living up to the expectations they had and that's probably where they pull out. And when I very first started trying to get into business, like I tried multiple businesses when I was 16, 17, nothing major, but I had the mindset of, fuck, why isn't everyone else not doing this? This would be easy. <laughs> And then when I realized this is actually hard, I kind of started giving up and it's taken quite some time to build the mindset of it's a strenuous, long, consistent process that if you want results, you have to put in the work. And I think that's why probably a lot of people fail. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, you know, these days, even I'm saying, you know, you got to learn how to work smarter. However, it's not to replace working hard either. It's working hard and working smarter all at the same time so that you can exponentially grow your wealth, grow your resources and grow whatever it is that you want to grow. Yeah. 100% man. And that's perfect. People think that, and that's the idea around business as well as people think once I get a million or 2 million or 10 million, then I'm just going to stop. I've got my life set and I'm going to chill. But from everyone that I've spoken to, once they get there, it's not like they're living this relaxing life. It's it's constantly building and it's still working hard, working smart at the same time because it's a mindset. It's not a certain outcome that you chase. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you really take joy out of being in your own journey. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that I've learned, you know, from like people that are million times wealthier you know, then, and, and have accomplished more than I have. And, you know, I mean, even if you just look at, you know, celebrity figures, right? Look at Oprah. Does she need to work? Not at all. Why does she keep working? Cause yeah. it brings her joy. It brings her fulfillment. Yeah. That's it. And so, yeah. 100%. And that, and that goes for both sides of the spectrums. I think whether you're on the beginning of your journey or you're closer to the end, it is about that fulfillment. So Jumping over to some of your health issues and having three heart attacks at such a young age, such a young age, that would have been very challenging. But I assume with the mindset you've got, you would have learned a lot or developed a lot from them. What did that teach you about, well, life in general? Um, I think it's taught me to be really authentic. Like, I don't... <laughs> I. I, I'm an open book. I, I put everything out there and I don't really hold back anymore. And at the same time, though, I've also had to learn to be 100% responsible and accountable for every decision that I make. Yeah. Because I think it's really easy. To, I mean, for me, though, at least I see that a lot of people, they're like, I'm authentic, you know, I'm the shit, I'm this, I'm that. At the same time, though, you know, when somebody throws a punch at them, they can't take it. Yeah. 
or you know when their decisions don't pan out they don't own the results yeah and so i think that was you know that was me that was me in the beginning and i had to learn to own my results and that's the thing and i've learned over time you know i sometimes share these days and i i, I didn't come up with this I, I think i learned it from somewhere too is that results often harsh always fair yeah yeah that's and so yeah that's a that's a great way of looking at it and i think it's important to always recognize that you're responsible for both the good and the bad things that happen to you which gives you yes. a lot of power like i think it might have been tate or someone that said it like i'm responsible for you know the relationship breakdowns i've had all the bad things that happened to me but i'm also responsible for the nice car on my driveway and the nice house and the good network that i've got and that's exactly. that's a mindset that i think a lot of people if they could adopt then they would have a lot more power over their circumstances yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent absolutely man yeah as we before we finish up dude um, one of the main questions we ask everyone, so if it was a skill, a mindset, a habit, a trait, or anything in between, what has made you the best possible man that you have become? Wow. <laughs> Loaded question. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very deep. And uh, funny enough, I feel like my, my last response kind of is my current response as well, yeah. is be learning to be a hundred percent accountable for my own actions and responsible for all the results from my own from my own decisions yeah yeah it, i think well that's been the main contributor for sure yeah i think that that sums it up yeah. perfectly because it's such a powerful thing to be able to do and it impacts so many other parts of your life yeah 100 percent. yeah epic man i appreciate it if people want to find you social media email website where do they need to go brother yeah Absolutely. I'm a bit old school. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and the handle is the Tim Tsai. So just T-H-E and then my full name, T-I-M-T-S-A-I. Epic brother. Really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. That's it, man. Thanks for listening to another installment of Man Talk on the Positive Masculinity Podcast. I hope and I trust that you've learned something valuable that will help you become not only the best, the most powerful, but the most fulfilled man you can possibly be. Now, as I said earlier, I've recently launched the most powerful men's network there is online called the Men's Inner Circle, where every single week we jump on a group video call with all of the guys involved. We discuss everything ranging from mental health, physical health, relationships and finances to nutrition, diet, sleep, communication, relationships and everything in between. So if you want to be a part of one of the most powerful and supportive men's networks there are, jump on to www.bettermindsbody.com.au forward slash the men's inner circle or you can just click the link in the show description and the best part of all it is literally cheaper than having a meal out at the pub once a week so if you want to be a part of this network hit that link and i can't wait to see you inside have a killer day gents